Welcome to The Firing Line with Rick Travis, Legislative Director for the California Rifle and Pistol Association. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, CCW Safe, Vortex Optics, Cutting Edge Bullets, and the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. And now, your host, Rick Travis. Good afternoon, patriots of the Inland Empire and beyond. This is Rick Travis, your host on Firing Line Radio. I'm the Legislative Director for the California Rifle and Pistol Association. And today with me, I have one of the most outstanding individuals in the Inland Empire, a good friend, your sheriff. Yes, Chad Bianco is with us this morning to talk about your CCW rights, the processes, everything that we're going through, and some other stuff as well as we uh, wind up 2023. Morning, Chad. Good morning, Rick. Thanks for having me on. Love to have you on. So Senate Bill 2, as you know, we, we fought that one. It was 918 and myself and Dan Reed from the NRA and uh, Sam Prittis from Gunners of California were able to stop it in the wee hours of the morning past the midnight deadline, but they didn't care about that. And uh, we knew it would come back. It came back this year. Um, they they lowered the threshold to get it across, which I found interesting, um, and then claimed, oh, we had sweeping support, which they didn't. But, you know, they did get it across. We inherited this thing, and we're going to break it down. But, you know, that first area that we ended up into was an area known as sensitive places, which – you know, before we get into what's happening in the courtrooms, I really want to talk about the whole idea of sensitive places, but the Bruin decision was you can't turn all of Manhattan into a sensitive place. But I think a lot of people in our space understand that term, but they really don't understand it in the public. What's a sensitive place? Yeah, you know, I, I just want to touch on something What you before that. What you just said in, in the monologue of coming up into this, uh, how we are even stuck with this bill we were by our governor, especially by our attorney general, the work that he put in trying to get this passed. We've been lied to. The, the legislators were lied to. Not that it mattered. They're just, they, they passed this, this silly political agenda laws anyway. But this is all, this has nothing to do with crime. This has nothing to do with keeping people safe. This is about taking away our constitutional rights in the face of a Supreme Court decision that said you can't do that. And it shows the absolute disdain that our political leaders here in California have for our Constitution. And for the far left, they don't care that it's it's okay because it's the Second Amendment. But what happens tomorrow when it's the First Amendment? Or what happens when it's the Fourth Amendment? What happens when it's some other amendment that is a guaranteed right by our Constitution that gets in their political agenda in the way of that? And so they just start trampling all over all of that. So uh, thank goodness that that you were all successful in getting this. Uh, it was a major effort in getting this overturned and and getting this stay. This you know so we can so we can hopefully move forward and get it completely stricken and hopefully teach them a lesson. But uh, at least we're in a good place today. Yeah, and, you know I want to thank you for that and continue to break this down a little bit. People don't realize that. The Second Amendment, it's the book into the first. That's why it said, shall not be infringed. That's what that what Mason meant when he asked for that to be put in was, hey, if we lose the second, we lose the first. I mean, just flat out. And 
the way we fought this in the courtrooms, and a shout out to Michonne Associates and their brilliant lawyers on this, was we were able to go after the First Amendment in it because under the sense of places, there was an issue of compelled speech. When you tell a private business, this is how you have to speak to the public because we're the government and we say so, um, is just incredible. And, and starting late, maybe that's a good place to start with private business. You know, I found it appalling, and I said it in testimony several times as this moved through both houses of our government, that not since the 1930s when Nazi Germany told businesses they had to put signs that would allow gypsies or people of gender dysfunctions, as they called it, not what I'm calling it, or, you know, people who were um, Jewish or other cultures, that you couldn't come into the business. And we all said, never again. California, which seems to be the state that wants to lead the world in, let's be diverse, let's be accepting, is anything but with this provision of like, hey, here's a group of people that believe in their constitutional rights, the law, and we want you to tell them they can't come in your business. Yeah, it, it is, it's so bizarre that, that we have gone so far backwards in this, this far uh, left political climate that we're in that wants to label everyone as fascist, that wants to, uh, you know, say that the, that the, the right is somehow trying to ruin people's lives and, and destroy rights and freedoms. It is so right in your face obvious that it's the opposite and it's the other way around. And you would think that we would learn from history. I mean, you even mentioned history right there. How is common sense not being applied to these decisions and these rules that they're making when we know from history where this is going? This is about complete government takeover of our freedoms and everything else, particularly with private businesses, with churches, with, uh, with, you know, your own personal property. It, it's a, it's a complete assault on our freedoms and the media isn't talking about it and the people aren't just up in arms against it. But yet our government is, is just beating it down our throats that it's for your own good and we know better than you and, and we're going to do this for the, for the good of the, of all when really it isn't. Yeah. And one of the things that I, well, it's not just one. There's many things that upset me about this whole idea, but the concept of if you have a CCW, you're the enemy. And, and I really want to bring this up to people as a talking point that I keep using, but maybe Hearing it come from their sheriff, they'll be a little bit more vocal. Um, how worried are you as a sheriff that it's going to be a CCW holder? In fact, let's go back a step further. How many CCW holders do you know? You're very prominent state sheriffs that have conducted a mass assault on the people. Well, none. So the, the fact of the matter is law-abiding residents do not commit crimes. End of discussion. Right. The other fact is... Only law-abiding residents are coming to the sheriffs or chiefs of police and asking for CCWs, which in basically a license, a permission to carry, a permit to carry in public, showing that you're a law-abiding resident and that we've already verified you're a law-abiding law resident. The fact that our failed governor and our failed attorney general refuse to ever mention is that law-abiding residents do not commit crimes. Our CCW holders do not commit crimes with their firearms. Now, I have to preface this by saying we have suspended some people's CCWs because they got a DUI 
or because they got into a domestic violence, you know, altercation with their spouse or, or a family member or something like that. But the gun was never used. Their permit was never used in an illegal manner. But since they have a criminal case, we suspend their license until it's been adjudicated. The actual number of people that have committed crimes with their guns and have CCWs, I believe is zero. I'm aware of one where someone was arrested for it, but they were acquitted, which basically means they didn't commit a crime in the first place. So to my knowledge, the answer is zero. But our government, our governor and our attorney general and our legislators who are lying to the public want you to believe that they're doing something for the betterment of society when in fact they are not. They are preventing law-abiding residents from carrying guns in public to protect themselves while they are allowing criminals to be released from jail. They are, they are passing laws that make it difficult, if not impossible, for us to put criminals in jail. It, we are in an upside-down place right now. It's bizarre. Well, I think that's one of the things people don't understand either is, you know, and I've said this in testimony, how many of the laws that we have passed, have they been passed prior to any of these mass shootings would have stopped them? And yeah. they've never answered the question because the fact is none of the laws are passing on law-abiding citizens would have stopped the event from happening. They yeah. just wouldn't. Yeah. And yet, yet we have all these people on the armed prohibitive person system, you know, tens of thousands, that we don't go after, but we'll go after a law-abiding gun owner in a heartbeat as the state to punish them without going after criminals. Yeah, the the percentage of what SB2 will do to protect public safety and, and, and help law enforcement and, and protect the public, the percentage that SB2 will do, zero. It does absolutely nothing. All it does is make criminals out of law-abiding residents. That's what it would have done. And it is just a straight assault on your freedoms, your constitutional rights, by a government that despises the Constitution. Yeah, and I'm, you know, we're going to talk more in the next couple of segments, but that is one of the things I really want to strike home to all of you listening. When we all fought this for the two years, first when it was 19 and then when it became SB2 as it currently is, constantly repetitively, we pushed home the point in those testimonies that, A, this isn't doing anything but going after the law by making them criminals. And you need to understand that these politicians are up for vote coming here in March. They sat there in university and were like, yeah, we know. They know what they're doing. You guys do not accept that, oops, we made a mistake, we don't know. Half of them don't even write this legislation. They get it from other outside groups that want to take your rights away. This is a time of the year that you need to be looking and saying, I'm tired of people being a public servant, meaning they work for you, not working for you, working against you, working harder to make you into a criminal than actually putting criminals behind bars and supporting local law enforcement. This is the time for you to get out and vote and fire those people because we need new leadership that knows that they work for us. We'll be back on Firing Line Radio. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971, now has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. 
Visit Turner's.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and members-only specials sent directly to your inbox. For more info to sign up for the Turner's Discount Club or to shop online, visit Turner's.com. Hi folks, Philip Naiman. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated million dollars for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at CCWSafe.com. AM590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Welcome back to Firing Line Radio. I'm your host, Rick Travis, the Legislative Director for the California Rifle Pistol Association. And with me today is my good friend, your sheriff, Chad Bianco. And we're talking about Senate Bill 2, CCWs, and breaking everything down so you have a great understanding of why you need to vote some people out of office come this March. Chad, when we we look at this whole issue of sensitive places, I want to pick on two of them, schools in places of worship. And, you know, we've all seen the horrific things that have happened. None of us want to see happen. Um, the left really likes to push home. All's we're about is, oh, darn, that was really sad, and our prayers go out to you, which is untrue. We have all worked very hard in the background to make sure we've tightened things up, make sure that people are um, doing the right thing, that firearms aren't going to the wrong places. Major organizations have come together to do that. But one of the things I'll never forget, and I know she was a good friend of yours, Margaret Mims, the former sheriff of Fresno. You know, I called Margaret up on the day of Shingle Springs, and we were going to have a phone call that morning, and I called her up, and I was like, wow, that that's just so horrible what just happened. She goes, yeah, I know. I'm working on it. And also I was like, wait, what, how is Margaret Mims working on Shingle Springs? And when I said, excuse me, she's like, well, you're calling me about the shooting we just had today at a church in Fresno. It was the same day. And I was like, I had no idea. And she's like, oh. <laughs> and then the conversation shifted, but that started a process where I came to learn from talking to uh, several prominent people across the nation with sheepdog programs and things like that. Uh, Lieutenant David Grossman, Colonel David Grossman was one of them, that we actually have had more hits on places of worship than schools, yet the media never covers that. It is like this completely, we're not going to talk about what happens there. And yet that was one of the key points of SB2, that places of worship, synagogues, churches, mosques, all viable targets would have to be made gun-free zones. And we've seen globally and locally 
that that doesn't work. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't even come close to working. And basically it makes it worse. It, it's, it's inviting these, these lunatics that, that want to cause mass damage into a place where they know they're going to be able to do it without a deterrence, without being stopped. Um, there's no mass shootings in police stations. There's no mass shootings. Uh, you know, we, I was going to say military base, but military bases are, are unarmed while you're on base. So right. they have been on military bases, but not in police stations because they know the, that suspect knows that they're going to be immediately met with resistance. And so the, the two most vulnerable places are our children, our schools and our mm-hmm. churches. And ironically, those are probably two of the biggest places that we should be protecting most uh, for this country. Our, our freedom, our freedom of religion is obviously supposed to be quite high. Um, our government wants to take it all away, but we're supposed to be free to practice whatever religion you want. And that's, that's making it free from being hurt for doing that, especially in public or even in private. And our schools are supposed to be a place where kids go to learn and to grow. And I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but it would be very easy to make these places hard targets. And a hard target would be something that is very secure. A police station is a hard target. A church and a school is a very soft target. It would be very easy for us to make a school and a church a hard target. But we have to put the effort. The government refuses to do that. The government refuses to protect our schools. They almost are going opposite. And I mean, gosh, I hate to say this, but it's almost like they want something to happen at our schools. They're sacrificing our kids so they can further push this agenda of gun control and taking away our guns and disarming us. And the reality is, I mean, look across the border at Mexico. Mexico is one of the most violent places in the country gun deaths, murders, and guns are illegal. I mean, I can't even go into Mexico and have a gun. I will be put in prison forever. But yet they, the government wants you to believe that we need to disarm everyone and take away guns and not allow guns in churches. Well, guess what? The criminal doesn't care. So if the criminal knows that the church, no one in that church is going to have a weapon, guess what the easiest target is for that criminal, for that, for that homicidal psychopath, that's where they're going to go to these easy spots. And we've done it to ourselves. Our government has done it by making it easy and making it capable uh, or making them capable of being able to do it. And we should be, we should be doing exactly the opposite. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I was um, down at a, at a government thing in San Diego arguing like I always am for our rights. And one of the things that was interesting to me was afterwards I stopped to do some Christmas shopping at one of the big outdoor shopping malls in San Diego because I got a couple, and I noticed all the security there. And I was with a staffer, um friend of mine, a very prominent former uh, member of our legislature that was very anti-gun, Mr. Gloria. And I said, I go, so tell me, how is it that you can justify telling schools they can't have armed security when you justify having armed security here during the holidays, because on every floor, everywhere, you could spot two or three armed people. And she goes, well, this is to protect the shop owners from being having things stolen. And I'm like, how about protecting the kids from having their lives stolen? You're right. And, yeah, they, and she just looked at me, and the value system was like, 
She looked at me like I was an idiot, and I'm thinking our kids are so much more valuable than somebody's purse. Yeah. The the hypocrisy and the lunacy and the complete lack of common sense and reason is is, is just astronomical. I'm going to tell you what will never, ever, ever happen in Sacramento. Sacramento is never going to make the Capitol, the Assembly, the Senate. They're never going to make that a soft target. They're never going to remove security. They're never going to remove armed guards from protecting them. Why? If guns are so dangerous, why why are they there? Well, and you know, you bring that up, and it, it, it's such a bias of this: the rules for thee, not me. You know, kind of a mantra. But you know, I walk into the swing space, which for those of you listening, that's where um, the membership of the legislature has their offices and their staff. I walk in the Capitol building, and as you know, I mean, we've got CHP on motorcycles, horseback, on foot, everywhere, and. There's a riot and the world comes and I get it, but here's these legislators saying, Oh, we don't need help. But from, you know, Nancy Pelosi at the congressional level all the way down, we don't, they go out and they have not just the highway patrol, but then they have private security people carrying firearms that I, even with my CCW can't carry as they sit there and spew out of their mouth. Well, California is perfectly safe because we've gotten then why do you need that? And, oh, by the way, why is my taxpayer dollars paying for you to have that while I'm going to be left unarmed and vulnerable? Right. It's, it, it is, that is just a stark example and a proof that the current direction and agenda of our government is to disarm the Californian people to make us completely as unsafe as they can while themselves sit in their little thrones surrounded by their armed guards, ruling over us however they wish. Yeah. So looking further at some of these sensitive places, were there anything that law enforcement was like, well, that's kind of a good idea, or did you all kind of agree with the Supreme Court of like, hey, yeah, if it's a a sensitive government building or something like that, like obviously a courtroom or something like that, yeah, sure, no. But otherwise, yeah, people should be able to carry. Yeah, you know, I got to be honest with you. We have to go to the to the to the basic question. There is not a law law enforcement officer in the state that is afraid of anyone with a CCW. We have already verified that they're law abiding residents and they do not commit crimes. We don't care if they went into a government building with their CCW because we know they're not going to commit a crime. Were they going to commit a crime? They were going to do it anyway. They didn't, they don't care if they had a CCW. They, they don't say, Oh boy, I can't commit that mass shooting today because the sheriff didn't give me a CCW. So law enforcement is not afraid of people with CCWs. We never have been. And so this notion that you have to have certain spaces that are free from CCW holders going in is ridiculous because there are absolutely no data or no statistics to show that keeping a CCW holder away from those positions make that place any safer. In fact, there are multiple across the country of many, many businesses and private uh, private businesses or even public businesses and public spaces where CCW holders have prevented crimes or slowed crimes waiting for law enforcement to get there. So there's there's absolutely nothing in my mind or my thought process 
that makes any sense of preventing a legitimate CCW holder from carrying that gun wherever they want. Yeah, and I want all of you listening to remember, you know, if you haven't, go back and listen to last week's episode when I had Chief David Bess from Fish and Wildlife on. That's two different law enforcement agencies saying law enforcement trusts you, the law-abiding citizen, to do the right thing with your firearm, and they're not against you. They're with you. They stand side-by-side with you. We'll be back on Firing Line Radio. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971, now has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. Visit turners.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and members-only specials sent directly to your inbox. For more info, to sign up for the Turner's Discount Club or to shop online, visit turners.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by CCW Safe and the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Welcome back to Firing Line Radio. I'm your host, Rick Travis, Director of Legislation for the California Rifle Pistol Association. With me today is one of the most amazing men in Inland Empire, and that is none other than Chad Bianco, your sheriff here in Riverside County. And we're going to be talking more about SB2 and CCWs and you. You know, I'm already looking at the package of bills coming up as we're still fighting a couple of these other ones like SB2, it never ends, Chad. I mean, I hate it when people go, well, they've done everything. They can't come up with, no, they'll always come up with something new because they haven't achieved their final goal. But, you know, SB2, we just attacked the first part of it and and won this week with uh, gain it and joined. So that means the sensitive places part will not go into effect. People can continue after January 1st to carry where they've normally carried. But there are some other um, interesting things. I want people to understand sheriff's departments up and down the state, including yours. I talked to a, a deputy Skoglin about this this morning before, you know, talking to you. But, you know, we're looking at all the new regulations that were never in the bill. And believe me, I lived with that bill for better part of two years, never in the bill that DOJ and I would say the attorney general have tried to to get passed. I mean, one of the ones was to try and look like to force everybody to have to become a DOJ instructor and move them away from the sheriff's or police chief's purview of who does the training and how it's done. We had defeated that bill soundly that had been put forward by Senator Blakespear earlier in 2023. And it was like, this was like a complete end run to get around that. Um, I know the sheriffs up and down the state have been fighting for it, but it makes it very challenging because you're told, hey, this is a law on January 1st. Your very job is to enforce that law. But I think it's important that people realize the number of individuals working to stop this, these bad set of regulations. And I know right now we're in a process of waiting for um, OAL to be able to look at it. I know there's a public comment period going on and uh, was told uh, today that we've got um, DOJ is looking out at 
coming out with some more emergency regs that have been changed to address some of the issues. But I think so much of the public doesn't realize how hard we're all fighting for them in the background. Yeah, we really are. And and how ironic that that law enforcement and and our our, our groups such as yours and uh, all of our all of the law enforcement uh, organizations, PORAC, chiefs of police, the you know us, CSSA, uh, you, the NRA. I mean, it's we're all fighting for the same thing. We're fighting against our government taking away our rights. We have a political activist that was appointed to this position as the attorney general who has absolutely zero business being the attorney general. He's a complete fraud. He despises our freedoms. He despises laws. He despises our rights. And they're, and constitution be damned. They're coming up with all of these regulations and runarounds and, and ways that they can, that they believe that they can just run roughshod over our freedoms and our constitution. And it's all of us that are having to fight our government, our failed DOJ. And the people need to realize there are, there are a ton of us. It isn't the NRA that's fighting. It isn't CRPA that's fighting. It's, it's a whole bunch of people with a lot of common sense and reason that are simply stating truths, trying to fight against the government that's lying to us. Yeah, I think that's really important for people to realize it is a coalition that is very tight, very communicative with each other. And I want all of you to realize we are all in lockstep together fighting. There's nuances at times, but those nuances are worked out very quickly between all of us. We let each other know what we're doing. We pull together resources. You're part of that when you donate and help out. Um, and feel free to do that. CRPA.org. We're leading this fight right now in the state from the courtroom side of the battle. But I want you to realize that courtroom side of the battle is also being met. Our lobbyists join forces together in the Capitol to fight this stuff. You know, one of the things that we're looking at is there's multiple components. We have to wait till January 1st because that's when the law goes in effect, so then you have a harm, so then we can go after it, so we will be sitting on those issues. But I want to really look at, you know, the future of where they're trying to come after. I mean, this is a legislature that's tried to come after sheriffs and remove the coroner's section from you. Mm -hmm. They've tried to take away your canines. They've tried, like, you know, hey, cops can't have guns when they're off duty. Like, just incredibly... Stupid stuff. Yeah. And yet, yeah, go ahead. Our, our state is in a, is in a sad, sad, sad state of affairs when it comes to public safety. And our government is the lead in destroying that public safety. And, and not just by their, their attack on CCWs. It's, it's, I'm standing up for law abiding residents with guns. So that makes me the target. So the people like me, the vocal sheriffs, who are doing the best they can to keep their community safe are being attacked. Our, our, our activists in Sacramento want me removed so they can put somebody in here that they've got their thumb on that say, Hey, you do this or we're going to remove you too. And it, it's, it goes back to, I'm a, I'm a constitutional officer. I'm, I'm in the constitution that that's, that's how you vote for me. That's how you keep me in office. And it's more proof that the current activism political agenda of our government is completely anti-U.S. Constitution, anti-U.S. freedoms, and they're doing everything they can to destroy all of those things in order for them to have more power and more of a stranglehold 
on your everyday lives. Yeah, I think that's important. You know, uh, Portentino, who authored the bill, Senate Bill 2, he flat out at the opening when he did that back in January of uh, this year, said straight up, hey, we don't believe the Supreme Court knew what they were doing. And I remember thinking, did you just say what I think you said? Because I, that in and of itself is just wrong for any elected official to say. And then he's like, and we're going to do the absolute opposite. And then three days later tried to say, oh no, we're, we're, we're abiding by it when we're turning everything over. It's like, you know, if I would have looked at my dad as a kid and said, oh yeah, I'm mowing the lawn. No, I'm not. My dad would have said, oh, no, until the blades of grass are short, you didn't mow the lawn. Like, you're not getting away with that. But these guys just run roughshod over it. One of the things I think is really um, a challenge to a lot of this is the misperception of those who choose not to carry a firearm. And I think you brought up in the last segment, touched on it lightly, but how do we get those individuals to wake up? I mean, obviously, we've seen a, a huge jump um, in the the – Jewish population since what happened in Gaza. I mean, we've now got more people of that um, religious and cultural side buying firearms, going through training, and I get it because they got really scared by what they saw and it could happen anywhere. But at the same token, it's trying to get a lot of the people to wake up and think, realize that, you know, and I don't, law enforcement does a great job of being there, but I used to tell people as a medic, we can't cover everybody. Mm-hmm. You need to know how to do some basic medicine at home. You know, it, it's very important that people realize that it's okay for you to be afraid of guns if you've never been around them and you don't like them and they scare you. That's okay. But don't impose your fear onto me or someone else who is perfectly capable and comfortable around firearms and knows that a firearm is not dangerous in and of itself. There's no such thing as gun violence. This whole thing that we're going, that the, that Newsom, he, he loves saying, he says it over and over and over. There is no gun violence. A gun cannot be violent. It's the person that is violent and they happen to use a gun. It is okay for people to say, I don't feel comfortable carrying a gun. But you, what you should do, and and what we did do maybe 50 years ago, 60 years ago, is where it was like, well, you know what? I'm not comfortable, but I sure am glad you're comfortable, and I'm going to sit next to you at dinner because I know if somebody comes in, you're going to protect us, and and I don't want to have that responsibility on me. You should be, we should be thankful and glad that there are many, many, many people out there who are comfortable with firearms that would never use a firearm in a in a dangerous manner or a bad way, and they are only going to use them to protect themselves or the people around them. And if we were in that position, those people that were anti-gun for themselves. Just don't impose that on somebody else. I, you might not, you might do something that I don't like or I'm not comfortable with, but more power to you if you're good at it. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that we've got to break free. A lot of you out there um, may have remembered when Reagan called it the silent majority. Well, folks, you can't be silent anymore. You've got to speak out because the left has leveraged um, using their voices and trying to shout everybody down. And it's time that we all get up out of the couches and say enough's enough. Um, this election, I honestly believe, is going to be a pivotal election. We're going to talk in the next segment about things that we all should be looking at 
It's highly important, folks. Um, you can flip this state. I watched Texas be flipped from a very Democratic state under Governor Ann Richards. She is supposed to be the president one day to a very Republican state and even prominent members of her legislature like Rick Perry changing their positions on things. Folks, the power belongs to the people. Use that power. We'll be back here on Firing Line Radio. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971, now has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. Visit turners.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and members-only specials sent directly to your inbox. For more info, to sign up for the Turner's Discount Club or to shop online, visit turners.com. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Firing Line Radio. I'm your host, Rick Travis. And I'm here today with Chad Bianco. We're talking about everything dealing with Senate Bill 2, the state legislature. Of course, I'm coming from the viewpoint as your lobbyist for and legislative director for the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Please remember, if you're not a member, become a member. Um, don't want to lease those firearms. You want to own them. And part of the way you do that is to help us in this fight at crpa.org. Uh, Sheriff Bianco has been the most amazing sheriff. Um, I started uh, interfacing with that department as a young man in an explore program when Ben Clark was the sheriff, and I always looked at him up until you, Chad, as being the best sheriff in the county. And you've been amazing. You've done everything you said you would do and more, and I, I just want to thank you and say how much I appreciate you for that. One of the things I do want to bring up, though, in this final segment is – we at CRPA, along with other groups like Gun Owners of California, the NRA, and others, have been fighting this notion of gun control when it really is crime control, which we don't seem to have much of anymore, not because of law enforcement, but because of the whole idea of taking away enhancements, of laying people out early, of saying, oh, wow, you've only had five rapes? Okay, well, we'll give you another chance. It's just appalling to me what I've seen go on, because that would have never played, you know, Years ago, when I first interfaced with the department, that was just not the attitude or idea of the state or anybody else. And so you being 
the sheriff of, of one of the largest counties, not just in the state, but in the country. What are your thoughts on crime control? Well, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that California uh, leads the nation in the lack of crime control. Uh, our legislature, our governor, the, the political agenda in this state is one of decriminalization. Uh, the, the reality is, I don't know the percentage, but I'm going to say it's 98% of the people in this country are good law-abiding residents that just want to stay to themselves, want to take care of themselves. They'll help each other. They do not commit crimes. There's a, there's a percentage, a small percentage, and I believe it's single digits percentage that they don't care about laws. They don't care about crimes. They have no values. They have no, uh, no desire to, to go along with a civilized society. And in order to have a civilized society, we have to have consequences for making that civilized society not civilized. And if you're not going to be civilized, then we have jails and we have prisons. And the reality of those is if you commit crimes, you go to those places. And while you're in those places, you're not committing crimes anymore. And it makes the rest of us safer. We have gone to a place in California where they are purposely letting people out of prison early. They purposely will not uh, reoffend them when they commit new crimes. They just reinstitute their old probation or their old parole, and then they don't have to count that as as a recidivism rate. And they're making they're they're making it to where what used to be crimes are no longer crimes. And all of these things are going into an agenda that they have of making it less safe for us, more chaotic, so they can come in and take more control. We Words mean things. And the current people in control of our government use words against us. They use things like um, gun control. It, it has nothing to do with gun control. It's about the person committing the crime. It's about a crime. It's about lack of crime control. It's about... Failure to address the issues that that person may have had before and ignoring them until it explodes into some mass tragedy. But it, it didn't have anything to do with a gun. It could have been, they could have used a bomb. They could have used a knife. They could have used a bat. They could have used a car. They could have used anything, but it's an agenda. So we call it gun control. It, it's no different than what they said about criminal justice reform. Everybody would say, yeah, we need criminal justice reform because our Crime is running rampant. Crime is horrible. But that version of criminal justice, uh, of, of criminal justice reform, their sick and twisted version of that was to let everybody out of prison, to not send anybody to prison, to no consequences for criminal behavior. And words have been used against us and we've allowed it to happen. And so when we allow a, a, a political activist, our governor, our, our attorney general, our lieutenant governor, when political activists spew their agenda and use words like gun control, we need to stand up and say, stop. There, there's, it, it's not gun control. We want crime control. We want you to start penalizing the people that are harming us and put them away so they can't harm us anymore. You know, one of the things that um, we're all been looking at, obviously, you know, it used to be, I remember I was a really bad six-year-old, Chad. I'll, I'll cop to it. I, we had a little neighborhood store and I stole a piece of bubble gum and the guy 
didn't say anything. He looked at my grandfather. I, I caught it. Um, my grandfather disciplined me in ways today that people would probably be appalled by, but I appreciated it. Um, went back and I ended up sweeping the guy's store for like three days to pay for like a penny piece of bubble gum. Learned my lesson. Never did that again. But today, like people go in and take $900 worth of stuff and nobody in the store, nobody can really do anything about it. It's just got in very ridiculous. My son tells me, you know, some of the limitations he's put on in his job as a, as a sergeant here in um, Orange County. And it's just, it's appalling to see how much law enforcement and business owners who are losing money and we're all paying for it because prices are going up. Part of it's the inflation, but part of it's also to cover the, the theft loss that we're having to pay more for products. Yeah. The complete lack of, of, of a design. Well, I think it is it, by design that our current direction in California government is to destroy public safety. That is there, there's no other way around it. You have to apply common sense. You have to apply reason. And that's what you come up with. So there's no way to get around that. We have to start holding people accountable for their actions. It's not, you know what? It, it, there were a lot of people that were spanked when they were children. There were a lot of people that didn't get an iPhone when they were a child. That doesn't give them the okay to commit crimes on humanity when they get older. It doesn't mean they get to rape women over and over and over again because they were abused as a child. Those are, those are personal choices that you make when you get older. And we have to start holding people accountable for those actions that harm us because public safety in California is being destroyed and everything around that, our quality of life goes with it. Our businesses have to close because they get burglarized too much or that there's, they're, they're looted too much or the, the homeless are, are camped in front of the business and the, the regular person that's trying to shop can't get in the business anymore. Our downtowns are being destroyed all because California is failing public safety. And yet the governor is, is saying that we need gun reform and that we need gun laws enacted and CCW law abiding residents need to be prevented from, from being able to exercise their constitutional rights. All while we ignore the fact of what's happening in California based on a complete destruction of public safety. Yeah. I think this is really for everybody important for you to realize. I keep bringing up voting because voting is your number one tool to fight back folks. We have people that want to put you in harm's way. That's literally what they're doing. They're putting you in harm's way. They're rewarding the people that will bring that harm to you. And you have to look at them and go, that's absolutely crazy. It's absolutely insane. And we absolutely have to put a stop to it. In these final couple of minutes, if by some miracle you were able to change some of this stuff, what is the first thing you'd tackle? Oh, man. I mean, number one is is our prison system. You have a you have a complete failed governor whose whose sole mission when he took over was to close all of our prisons. The reality is is if you want your population to grow, and we believe and we understand and we know that we live in a free society and we're going to have a small amount of people that victimize us, that stark fact means that the bigger the population, the more people are going to be incarcerated because there's more people that are going to to commit crimes. 
And if you want to keep the majority of the population safe, you have to lock those people away. So we have to re- completely reverse this, close all the prisons, and we need to actually build more prisons. We need to give our county jails more space so we can house those inmates for the amount of time that they're supposed to be uh, serving their sentence when they're held accountable for their actions. Um, we have to completely uh, really start attacking the homeless situation at, at its root. It is not homeless. They're not homeless. That's another play on words. They all have homes. They were all kicked out of their homes for one reason or the other, whether it was drug abuse, whether it was mental health. And I don't care which one it is, but we need to start addressing those. It's a mental health problem. It's a drug abuse problem. It's not a homeless problem. It's not a regulation problem that we need to impose more on businesses and more on builders and more on everything else to control our lives. Our state is being destroyed by our current government. And I mean, man, I I would love to wake up one day and, you know, tomorrow morning and and be in charge of fixing everything in this state, because you have to fix public safety in this state immediately or we're going to lose everything. We're going to lose our residents. We're going to lose our businesses. We're going to lose our corporations. Everything in California that is good is going to go somewhere else because it's been destroyed here. Thank you so much for being here, folks. You heard it from Sheriff Bianco, what we need to do, get out and vote in March. And thank you, and have a very Merry Christmas. When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, The Force of Optics, and by the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Hi folks, Philip Naiman. If you're a concealed handgun carrier, or have a firearm to defend your home, and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense, or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. AM 590, the answer.